Welcome to the Doing Hard Things podcast. We've all heard that we can do hard things, but what about when it coincides with a cooperative and philanthropic spirit? That's where we find purpose-driven business at the crossroads of hard things and heart things. I'm your host, Amanda Mazzo. I'm an artist and business owner and have been my own boss for more than 15 years. I'm also a purpose mentor to collegiate juniors and seniors, and am so inspired by conversations around who people are becoming versus what they're achieving. My guest today is Sunny Bray. Sunny is the founder and CEO of Catalyst Collective, a consultancy equipping organizations with tools for better outcomes, greater impact, and increased revenue. While she's been invoking positive change for over 15 years, she's also built her career around relationships and impact specializing in launching and growing businesses into new markets. Through her involvement with the Nashville Food Project, The Table, the Rotary Club of Nashville, Special Olympics, Young Leaders Council, and Nashville Emerging Leaders, there are more if you can believe it, Sunny clearly understands doing hard things. We're so glad you're here. Now let's get to the heart of it. Sunny Bray, welcome to Doing Heart Things. And it's good to see you in person because I had such a good time when we had coffee. That was a long time coming. It was a long time coming. And I feel like we had this great conversation. I wish I had a record button. So now I do. But um, I feel like we have so much in common around both of us seeing the importance of storytelling and structuring our businesses around it. Not only that, but all of your community involvement, asking you on the podcast felt like a no brainer to me. So I am, I'm super grateful that you are joining me. Thank you for having me. I'd love for you to just give us some context. Uh, We talked a little bit about who you are and what you do in the intro, Mm -hmm. but retrace the lines for our friends listening. You talk about founding Catalyst Collective with a goal of changing the world. Can you tell me more about that? How did this come to fruition? I mean, it's a number of different things. I, I strongly believe that there are experiences that you go through life that can ultimately change your trajectory. And me finding my, founding my business had a lot to do with, I think, my professional career leading up to it, um, just the dissatisfaction and the lack of fulfillment that I was feeling in various roles. Um, you know, managers I had had, uh, how I'd seen things being done, how I thought that they could be done better. Um, losing my friend, uh, to melanoma, Mm. uh, getting involved in leadership training and opening my eyes to the injustices. And I think just the lack of resources and, and homelessness and, Mm. and poverty and, and food insecurity and, I I just don't know how you can see those things and not want to do something about it. Yeah. And also recognizing, um, leaning really hard into my faith and knowing that myself, I mean, we all have our own, I always say our own unique spiritual gifts and we should be using them for positive impact. Mm. And if we don't, it's a waste. Yeah. What are we doing? How long have you... I think I said this actually in the intro and I've already forgotten. When did you found the company? 2018? Uh, Okay. That's what I thought. Um, So in that time from now till 2023, what has been your favorite part of being a business owner? I think I really just love working with people that I like. 
and enjoy and respect and admire and being able to help them do what they do better. And, um, you know, I'm a competitive achiever, so I love, and my background is in sales and business development. So I love the win. So I do love when clients decide to work with us when they could work with so many other people. Yeah. There's a bit of a rush in that too, right? Like when you're, when they pick you and you're like, yes, got it. So I I think naturally I, I love the growth. Yeah. Yeah. What about the most challenging part? I have two. Okay. Um, definitely people. Um, I am a firm believer in second, third chances. And I think when you're trying to find the right people for your team mm-hmm. and you really want it to work out and sometimes it doesn't for whatever reason, that's unfortunate and that's challenging. And I don't love that piece of it. And I think I'm a recovering people pleaser too. Mm-hmm. And so if things go wrong or, um, I think maybe I'm, I'm not providing value or maybe a client is unhappy for whatever reason, then I almost take that personally. That's hard. And I think that has to do with it being my business too, because I know if it wasn't, I wouldn't be so fully invested. A hundred percent. So how does Catalyst Collective or your perspective as a business owner, how has that changed? Oh my gosh. I remember when I first started, I was kind of one foot in, one foot out. Mm. And I think that is a big reason why we didn't have as much growth as we did in the first couple of years. Um, we've also had- it's right in the middle. I mean, 2018, you're right. You're coming right into the pandemic. You had no idea. I was in my head as yeah. well. Um, I think I had to overcome a lot of self doubt and fear of failure. Mm. And, um, my husband always says, look at what happens when you really apply yourself Look at, look at what you've accomplished in the, the last couple of years. I, I think when I first started it, it, it just kind of seemed like a great idea. It was like, okay, well, clearly there's a need, there's a gap, there's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think I have the skill set and I know the right people to solve issues. I think I started too broadly. Mm. Initially, I thought, I just want to provide all the resources to all of the nonprofits and I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't niche. It wasn't special specialized. Um, I learned a lot along the way and I, I still am, but I think once I really figured out what it was that we were providing for our clients, the value that we were bringing and then doubled down on that, that's when the growth just skyrocketed. Let's see. You started too broadly. And I think when, oh, and I didn't charge enough either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just thinking like our business, I feel like is in this constant state of becoming like, it's a lot of trial and error because we don't have that business training. And so we're just kind of seeing like what works, what doesn't work. But I'm thinking about these conversations around purpose or around purpose-driven business value seems to be coming up a lot, like values-based business and having, um, you know, being the entrepreneur and having the flexibility to kind of create that company culture or create a value system. Is it important 
to have values in your work? And, and if it is, how do you translate those values to the people that you work with? Absolutely. I think you have, first and foremost, you have to have identified kind of what those values are Mm -hmm. and then make sure that your actions align with them as well. Um, I remember listening to a podcast not too long ago and she was talking about, about your values and, and does, you can, you can talk all day about what your values are, but if you're not living up to them, then is it really true? Mm -hmm. And a really good indicator of whether or not you're living your values is does your calendar reflect your values? Mm, That's so true. Like for example, if you say that you value your family yet you have evening events every night, can you really say that you value your family? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day where they talk about how they set boundaries um, he's, he's speaking about his relationship and, and, uh, I don't think they have children, but still, um, how they have one night a week where it's like, that's untouchable. I mean, the world would have to be burning for them to kind of move that date off the calendar or switch it for something else. I think boundaries are really important and just kind of knowing like, this is a sacred time for what, whatever it is that you value. Okay. So I'm going to reference a post that Catalyst Collective made on social media. Um, I am not a stalker, but I do follow you all. Uh, I do love this though. It's a quote from the living changed in the new year devotional. It says, you don't have to be in full-time ministry to do God's work. You can work for God in business or in the home with many or with few. Most of us won't be famous, but we all have circles of influence and unique gifts that those in our circle of influence need. You alluded to that earlier, um, saying that we all have these unique gifts that we can uniquely serve the world. We can use them to do that. So I'm curious, what does purpose mean to you and how are you pursuing living that out in business or in your personal life? Did you know that purpose is actually, or what is my purpose is one of the highly Googled search searches on the web? I did not, but that does not surprise me. I I mean, I think we have this innate, what does it all mean? What am I here for need, whether we know we do or not. I mean, I think there are certain things that come up in life and you're just like, why, you know, what is, what's the point? So I believe it. Purpose is, is something that's so I think near and dear to my heart, because that was something that I struggled with for so long in my development. Most of my professional career, just, I, I, I said earlier, just having this dissatisfaction always felt like something was missing mm-hmm. from my life and I didn't know what it was. I attribute most of it to my faith. And I remember laying awake at night and just constantly thinking and praying to God of, just tell me what it is. Yeah. Right. Like just, give me a roadmap. Just, give me a sign. Just tell me what it is that my purpose is. And I know that once I know what it is and I can, can do what it is that you want me to do, then, then I will, will feel fulfilled and joy and happy. I think it's an, it's an evolving thing. I think based on what you go through and where you are in your life, it, it your 
your purpose, your priorities, your values, they can all shift mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, and at different stages 100%. in your life too. I believe that. Yeah. That's the difference between those I think who are living in their purpose and those that are not, mm-hmm. that you just, you feel this constant state of dissatisfaction or discontent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am also thinking too, one of the mistakes that I think I was making was assuming that my purpose was a job or assuming that it was a position or something I needed to be doing. And I'm not saying that it it isn't that, but it may not be, it may have nothing to do with your day job. When I'm, when I'm working with these college students, how just to follow the breadcrumbs, like pay attention to the things that you're feeling, the things that come up, the things that make your heart come alive and do those things. Now it may be tied to your job. And if so, awesome, you know, you're in, you're in the right place, but it may not be, it may be helping people or, um, being it sounds in, so simple. Doesn't it does it? sound like, simple and it is not simple. I remember, yeah. when, I mean, I've had coaches and mentors tell me all the time, sit in silence and journal and think about what it is that you're really good at or what other people tell you you're good at. Or if you could remove money from the equation, you know, what would you do and what are your strengths? And it's a, I think it's all a lot easier said than done. Um, yes. To kind of figure out what your purpose is, just sit down and think through like what it is that I enjoy doing. What do I, what do I, what do I feel joy from? Mm-hmm. You know, where do I feel fulfilled? Where do I get energy from? What makes me come alive? Mm-hmm. And build upon that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep following it until you figure it out. I know that's just, uh, and it's going to be different for everybody, but I I'm think still there's, figuring it out. I'm, yeah, oh, I'm still trying to figure out what it, what I want to be when I grow Right. Up. I say that a lot too, but I'd love to talk more about the actual doing of heart things since that's what the show is called. I know you're very involved in the Nashville community and I'm curious, why is that important for you? I think it was important for me early on. Um, I was lucky enough to have some really great mentors early in my career kind of take me under their wing and take me to networking events, get involved in leadership training and volunteerism. So Mm -hmm. I'd say pretty early on, I got to get involved with nonprofits and serve and in the moment, yes, you're serving others, you're, you're helping others, but it's also doing so much for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was living in Indianapolis, every Saturday we would serve and I would call it my serve Saturday. Oh, I love that. And I I think it's just, it's your obligation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your responsibility to use what you have. And I, I've said it earlier, we're positive impact. And that's how you can change and transform communities. Mm -hmm. I mean, nonprofits need support and, you know, it's doing as much for yourself as it is for the organization. Yeah. When you said that you started Catalyst Collective to change the world, is that what you meant? It is. Yeah. I was talking to our mutual friend, Tina Doniger of uh, community resource center. A couple of years ago, we did this. I had a personal podcast project and we talked about, um, a 2020 year in review. 
just the volunteers that she had seen come through community resource center. She has these, these amazing stories. Uh, I think we were also talking about like just the mental repercussions, emotional repercussions of 2020. And she said, if you feel broken, the best way to get out of that or get on the other side of that, or even just help a little bit is to serve. There's a shift that happens when you stop focusing, you know, you bring your, um, line of sight from yourself up to other people and it gives you perspective. So on the other hand of community involvement, I also see you prioritizing time with your family doing fun things like the Spartan trifecta race where you and your husband are totally covered in mud. <laughs> it's like a great photo. What are some ways you balance your work, your family and your community? Boundaries. A few years ago, I read a book called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Okay. Really put things in perspective for me. And this was prior to having my child. And I, I mean, so much of it resonated with me Mm -hmm. and, you know, I lost my friend and Mm -hmm. that, that, that changed something in me. And I realized that life is just too short at the end of the day, it's work. Mm -hmm. And what are you doing it for? And for who? I I mean, I, of course I want to have a successful business. I feel that I do, but I could lose the business tomorrow and I would still have my family. Mm -hmm. The ways that I'm able to, to, to prioritize my family and my mental health and just my overall well-being is by creating boundaries. Mm-hmm. And my favorite saying is using my nose to protect my yeses. Mm. And, yeah. and because when you are saying no, you're or when you're saying yes, you're saying no to something else and right. vice versa. You're shutting yeah. the door on other things that could actually be for you. Yeah. Trust your gut. I think if you're asked something, go with your initial thought. That's what you go with. Mm-hmm. I think. So many times we go back and forth, back and forth. And that right there is a, is an indication of what you need to do. If you're questioning it and you're going back and forth, then it's probably not something you need to do. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, when I became a mother, it just drove it all that much more home because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. I've admired and respected so many women before me, I receive mentorship from them and I've watched from afar and I, I take things from them. And then I also know what I don't want to create for my own life. And I think so many, and and maybe it was a different generation too, but so many women have worked so, so hard to build their careers and what they lost or what they sacrificed was their marriages, their relationships, mm. their families. And I don't want that. Yeah. You know, just being really intentional. Right. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, I have mentors where I remember seeing a mentor um, before she became a friend of mine. She would, I mean, high level position, actively involved in the community. And we would be at an event and she would leave early. And one day I asked her, I said, what are you doing? Why are you always leaving early? Especially with the leadership role that she had within the organization. She said, I always make it a point to get home to have dinner with my family. Oh, wow. 
And now her girls are graduated, married. Yeah. And they spend time with their parents. Like they, they love to spend time with them. They go on vacations together. Like they hang out with them with their friends. And I thought, like, I've talked to my husband about it. That's what we want. Yeah. I was thinking about our conversation too, when, um, you know, the very first word out of my mouth was, you look, you look so busy. You're all over the place. And you were like, I do not like that word. So tell me, tell me a little bit about why you don't like that word or what you use, how you interchange it. Because I think you're really intentional with that too. I don't like it because I think as a society, we equate busy to success. Yes. And I don't find that to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, secondly, I don't want anyone to ever feel like, oh, she's too busy. I can't ask her for help or she can't be there. And that's, that's not the case. I think if I have a relationship with you, we are friends. I will literally drop everything that I have and be there for you. My friends become my family. And so I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm too busy on top of that. I just, I I just hate the word. I don't say busy. (laughs) I say, I think it's so smart. I say, um, no, I'm not busy. I'm, I'm pleasantly full. And as we were talking earlier, that's the beauty. I think that's the gift that we have as entrepreneurs is being able to design what our work life looks like Mm -hmm. and how, how that integrates into our personal life Mm -hmm. and creating some sort of a balance. I don't need to kill myself over my job. I I know what it is that I need to do to show up as my favorite self. And it's, it comes down to some of the simplest things of, you know, proper sleep. And am I drinking my water? Am I exercising? (laughs) Right. Right. Am I, am I, you know, I I have a toddler at home. So, you know, do I take time for myself Mm -hmm. where I slow down Mm -hmm. and it's quiet? And am I prioritizing my faith? And am I growing? Am I giving? Am I serving? These are all things that I think add to the abundance that, that I have, that I, that I want to be able to share with others. It's, it's that whole, my my husband makes fun of me. He's like, he says that I come up with these statements and I sound like a podcast, which I'm on a podcast, (laughs) but (laughs) it's fair. It's fair. (laughs) I, I, I say, you know, the, the obvious statement of, well, how do you expect to pour into others if, if from an empty cup? I'm I'm just thinking about like the messaging that we're getting on social media about the hustle culture and the boss babes and slay all day and whatever else that is. But what I'm finding as I get older and dig more into this work is that, you know, and we had talked about this earlier that rest, I see it as a leadership skill. So you had talked about setting boundaries and like prioritizing time with your family. I'm curious about what other what are other leadership skills in terms of being able to create that kind of balance? Yeah. Or maybe just skills that you um, have noticed in others or, or are trying to learn for yourself. Oh my gosh. I think it's, it's give yourself the same grace that you would give to others. Oh, grace is huge. Yeah. I am often guilty of silent expectations of others Mm. (laughs) or, um, setting myself to it, unrealistic expectation, Mm -hmm. 
you know, if, I, I saw something recently where it's, you know, if your brain needs a break, you cry. And when your body needs a break, you get sick. And so it's like your, your body will tell you when you need a break mm-hmm. and why, why push yourself to where you get to that point. And then professionally, if you're, if your calendar is just back to back to back meetings, when do you allow time for, for follow through and follow up? I mean, don't you want to be someone that is considered to do what they say they're going to do? And there's only so many hours in a day and you need to sleep. (laughs) So I, on, on Fridays, I actually don't schedule any meetings. Friday is my one day where I consider it my admin day. It's my follow-up day. And before yeah. my, my daughter started daycare, it was mom and B day. Oh, I love that. Okay. So because I like games, we have a segment here called pick a card, any card. We have a red check, orange arrows, purple pyramid or triangle, whatever. Blue diamond, pink heart, gold star, and green shamrock. So Sunny, pick a card, any card. I think my daughter's favorite color right now is purple. We'll go with purple. purple. I love it. Okay. Tell me about a time you were scared and did the thing anyway. Starting my business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not for the faint of heart. I think, um, <laughs> I mean, I talk with other entrepreneurs. Gosh, I even, it feels weird saying that word um, because I think, I've shared with you, I never envisioned myself as a business owner. In fact, I resisted it for so long. Mm. It is a roller coaster. Pretty sure two weeks ago, I thought that I needed to shut the business down and that I was a failure. Oh gosh. Again, it's, it's redirecting. It's, it's, you know, getting out of your head and watching God work. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. It's like the the minute something that, you know, you take a step backwards, but then you take steps forward mm-hmm. and opportunities come and doors open. That's what I hold on to that allow me to know, okay, I am on the right path. Mm-hmm. I am living in my purpose. This is not just a passion project. I think that's the um, permission slip mm. to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it so funny that we need that? I I think you're not alone there where you, you know, you said for a long time, I didn't think I didn't identify as a business owner or an entrepreneur. Yeah. I was going to ask you the, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a meme where, and it may just be for artists, but I think it applies to business owners for sure. It's a, it's a graph, right? Mm -hmm. Like an up and down. So it'll be like start of the day having a great day. Everything is awesome. Oh, it's a mistake. Why did I do this? You know, and, and that is very typical. I think, I don't know if people talk about that a lot, but if you're feeling that you're not alone. <laughs> I think it's the same thing with, um, with therapy. Oh, I, had, I had asked my therapist yes. recently. It's um, a nonlinear journey. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. had asked her, I said, well, did I, did I pass therapy? <laughs> And she said, it's not a pass fail. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's up and down. It's mm-hmm. dependent on what you're going through. Um, and it's a layer of an onion too. Right. I think like the minute you think, Ooh, I'm I've, I've passed a milestone. Like we're good now. Nope. Then something else comes up. Yeah. I saw a stat 
recently where it talked about entrepreneurs, one in three entrepreneurs have mental health issues. Oh, no doubt. We're crazy. (laughs) I don't, I don't love that word either. I'm joking, but you have to be a little out of your mind to be doing this. Right. Yeah. I think I just, I also, I just didn't want to live in regret. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to ever look back and think what if. What is the best piece of advice you've been given or what advice would you give to someone starting in the industry, starting their career? Be a giver. Grow a network. Grow a network. Talk about that. Because I know you have some experience with that as well. Yeah. 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 Every opportunity I've ever had has been through relationships. The growth of my business has been through referrals. I think it's important to, I mean, in anything that you do, to have a network. I mean, if you need a plumber, you go to your friend who can recommend someone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in transition and you need a new job, you go and you tap into your network. If you've got a product or service, you tap into your network. But do it authentically. I think we can all easily sniff out somebody who is inauthentic and transactional. And those are not the people that we want to surround ourselves with. Mm -hmm. I think be a giver, be authentic, grow a network. Don't compare your scorecard with anyone else's. Mm -hmm. I've also heard don't compare where you are, your beginning to somebody else's, you know, who's, who's several years ahead of you. You know, I mean, they're, they're on their own path. And also we're all on our own path, right? Yeah. Like, so speaking of, yeah. I think don't believe the highlight reel. Yes. You don't know what people are going through mm-hmm. you don't and know, what they're not saying. And, and you don't know what their journey is. Mm-hmm. People have no idea what I've overcome. Mm-hmm. That's good. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? I mean, if there's what about mental health? Let's talk about mental health. Yeah. That That's a great leadership skill yeah. to prioritize that. How are you doing that? Yeah. What does that look like for you? So I'll share a little bit about what led me to kind of take that step. I've known for years that I needed to seek therapy. Mm-hmm. I knew that there were there. I knew that there was some deep, deep trauma that I was not dealing with. Mm-hmm. And it was starting to show up in my life. And it was, it wasn't until I became a mother that I wanted to end that cycle of generational trauma at the time I had also started my business. And so there was just a lot of things that were out of whack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, I think the pressure of starting a business, the postpartum, the, I, I just, I knew that I needed to make a change. And I remember having a conversation with a mentor of mine who I respected and admired, who was vulnerable enough with me to share that she had sought counsel for a period of time in her life and had struggled through some of the things that I was struggling with at the time. Mm -hmm. And it took that simple conversation with her to allow me to take that step. I feel like that's the permission thing again, right? Like, 
because she was vulnerable, because she chose to show up authentically and be vulnerable with you, you felt permission to also be vulnerable. Right. And to seek the help that you needed. Right. Yeah. Because again, I think we put people on a pedestal mm-hmm. and when they share with you, actually, it's not what it looks like. And I too struggle with self-worth mm-hmm. and negative self-talk. And you think to yourself, well, if they are struggling with, with the same issues I am, then why isn't, it should be okay for me to seek therapy too. A hundred percent. I think it's really healthy to see my friends, my colleagues start taking steps of their own. That's a brave thing. Oh, I talk about it all the time now. I, like you in the beginning, I, I, there was a stigma. I was ashamed. Right. And now I talk freely about it because I I see the importance. I see what it's done for me. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone could benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I go around the house singing, everybody needs therapy. (laughs) (laughs) They do. Everybody. It would be, where would we be? It would be such a beautiful place if people just were a little bit more empathetic and a little bit more um, just conscious of the world around them. Right. But I also think like it's up to you. Put on your big girl pants and do what it is that you need to do. So good. Okay. I have one last question. And this is to bring it back around to purpose, even though I feel like we've been talking really like having great conversations about it the whole time. But I'm curious, what is your why? I want to be obedient. Mm-hmm. I want to do what it is that I feel like I'm, I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I've gained this, this new sense of confidence in recent years of showing up as my authentic self and having confidence because I used to play small. I used to hide my gifts and I realized that. Why? Why? I'm just curious. Were you concerned about what other people would think? I was. Yeah, I was. And that gets you nowhere. Nowhere. I felt like if I, if I could minimize myself or, or dim my light, and I realized that 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 wasn't serving me. And not only was that not serving me, it wasn't serving others. And it most certainly wasn't serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's one why. And my second why is my daughter. For a hot second after I had her, I considered staying at home and quickly realized that wasn't for me. And, and for some <laughs> women it is, but for yeah. me it is not. And <laughs> I... But I also, on the flip side, remember there was this quote I saw the other day that the only people in your life that will remember that you worked late are your children. Ooh. And that got me really good. I have a responsibility, especially as a parent, to make this world a better place. For her. Exactly. Yeah. And as one of the few Asian American leaders in the Nashville community, is my responsibility to be that example, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, to have that representation for other young women, but also for my daughter mm-hmm. to know that she can achieve and accomplish anything that she puts her mind to. That's so good. Sunny, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much for coming. 
If you'd like to hear more, you can follow Sunny at Sunny Bray underscore B-R-A-Y underscore and Catalyst underscore Collective Co. We're also on Instagram at Doing Heart Things and at Mazo Media. Thanks for joining us today. Did this conversation strike a chord with your heart? We'd love for you to share your story with us at mazomedia.com slash heart. Please also share, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate your help getting us into your friends' ears. We'll see you back here with the next episode. Until then, keep doing hard things. Doing Hard Things is brought to you by Mazo Media, an award-winning creative studio in Nashville, Tennessee. We work with people, brands, and organizations to help tell their stories through videography, photography, graphic design, and social content. We believe that everyone has a story worth telling, and it's in those stories that we build bridges to each other. Ready to share yours? Get started at mazomedia.com.